We're in for a very special treat today. Our speaker today is a businessman. He's co-owner of J Bar W Construction. He's one of our children and youth workers here and does a lot of stuff in serving the elderly. And he's also one of our elders on the team that helps oversee this congregation. Can we show our love to Elder J.P. Grantham? Thank you, Pastor. Oh, my goodness. There's always so many more people here this second service than the first one. It's uh, Let's just start out with a word of prayer this morning. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for the many blessings you bestow upon us. And just thank you for this opportunity that, uh, that you give us to, to be able to share. And I just thank you that the Holy Spirit has freedom to, to move and to speak. Ask this all in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. You know, there's a, uh, when we built this church, uh, we built it to be comfortable. When you come in, there's a big foyer where we can visit and, and meet people. You have room to talk and congregate. And, uh, we made it spacious in here and the, the seats we specifically ordered to be comfortable so that when you come in, uh, you feel at ease in here and you can enjoy the service. We have sound boards everywhere the, so the sound when the music is playing that it's nice and there's no vibrations and uh, we just want this a place to be where you're comfortable when you come to this, this body. And uh, that's our intentions. We want you to enjoy yourself here. And... Uh, I was on the Internet, and, and, and these are some of the excuses that uh, people use for not coming to church. If they took these excuses and used them to not go to a Dallas Cowboy game, the ones that they use for not going to church, if they use these to not go to the Cowboy game, these are the top ten. The first one, they're always asking for money. It's not free. Because we know Jerry Jones isn't interested in money at all, is he? That's That's not... That's keeping them from going to that stadium. Uh, the people that I sat with wasn't very friendly. You know, if you're at a cowboy game and you're by a Redskin fan, is that going to keep you from going to the, <laughs> keep you from going to the game? That's not happening, is it? That wouldn't keep you from going with it, Brother Scott. <laughs> He's a really stout cowboy fan right there. Well, number three, the seats were very hard and uncomfortable. I've never been to a sporting event that they wasn't hard and uncomfortable, but that's neither there. Number four, the head coach never came by to see me. (laughs) Pastor Allen, you know, that's what we do there. Number five, the referees made some calls I didn't agree with. We know about that because I officiate high school football and baseball, but anyway. I was sitting with hypocrites. They were only there to look at other people and see what they had on. And be critical. Some of the games, heaven forbid, went into overtime and I was late getting home. (laughs) Uh, Number eight, the band played some music that I didn't appreciate. I won't be coming back. Uh, They happened to schedule some of the games when I had other things to do. And uh, the last one. Since I've read the book on football, I don't need to go to the game because I know more than the coach does anyway, so I don't need to go. Just some of the reasons that you might not want to go to a football game because of it. But in saying that, uh, what we want to talk about today is service, and, and, and specifically service to God through service to this body and through service to the community. 
Uh, when I first started coming to church here, uh, I'd been away from the Lord for quite a few years, and uh, first service we came to, uh, Miss Laura Duncan, our youth uh, pastor, spoke, and the uh, Lord said, this is where you need to be, you need to keep coming here. And so my whole intention was the first year I came, I made, the, made sure I came in 10 minutes after the music had started so I didn't have to talk to anybody. And then when Pastor Allen would go into his uh, closing prayer, I could see that coming. Well, out the back door I'd go. I didn't want to really get to know anybody. I just wanted to come, sit, enjoy, and leave. Not build any family, not any, not any relationships. I, that's what I wanted. And... Uh, but, but come to find out, when, when we're Christians, we are called to be servants. That's our number one calling as Christians is to be servants. And as I said earlier in the first service, whenever you think a servant in the normal terms that the world looks at it, it's a menial job. It's something of, of low esteem that, uh, you know, you're, you're not very important. But what is so good about when you become a Christian, God turns everything around. You, when you become a Christian, you get to become a servant. See how that works? Everything in the world, God takes it and turns it around. And whereas the more we serve, the more we bless God, the more we receive. And today we're going to talk about serving instead of excuses. You know, so many times whenever God speaks to us about service, we start looking for reasons not to serve, instead to serve. And uh, I know uh, when they first built the detention center here in town, Pastor Allen said there was an opportunity to go serve. And uh, this this was back in 01, 02, I can't remember exactly when it was, but... Uh, I, I had led a pretty troubled youth. I, I was not uh, the perfect child, I'll just put it that way, perfect teenager. And uh, I felt the Lord, you know, saying, you know, you, you might want to join up with that. And I kept looking for excuses not to go. I was working. I was busy. Uh, I hadn't been married long. I needed to spend time with my wife. I was just looking for excuses. But God kept going, why don't you, why don't you give it a shot? I said, well, I got to do a background check. I got to go get fingerprinted and this and that and da da da. But you know what? Finally, I just said, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I went up there with the intentions of just being a helper. Pastor Allen was leading the music, and him and another gentleman, and they were bringing the messages, and and I was just sitting there and talk to a kid every once in a while, and and uh, that was my intentions of that's what I wanted to serve, just doing that right there. Well, Pastor Allen, I don't know if you all know this or not, him and God's pretty tight. And, and God uses him to see stuff in people. He, he is a, a man that, that God uses. And uh, one Monday night as we was leaving, he said, uh, why don't you bring the message next Monday night? Man, you could have hit me with a hammer whenever he said that. And... Uh, there was about 30, 40 kids, you know, on those Monday night services. I would just, I said, well, he's my, he's my spiritual father, spiritual leader. I said, all right, I'll do it. And, uh, 
I really don't know how well I'd done the first Monday night I did it, but according to Pastor Allen, boy, he said, you knocked it out of the park. You know, he's a very encouraging pastor. He is. He's just constantly encouraging. And for the next seven or eight years, on Monday nights, there was a place I needed to be, that God used me in service. And, and as a matter of fact, within about two years after that, they kind of had me as the head of it. Didn't ask for it, just kind of fell that way. Uh, and through there, I uh, started going to doing jail ministry. Uh, and then from there, I went to celebrate recovery. I was doing, I had a full plate just by starting out, going in just to help. That was it. I was just going to help. And through that, taking that one step of service, God advanced to where I got to be a positive influence to speak the word to thousands of young people and men in prison and in jail. So uh, not bragging on me, not bragging on me. That's just bragging on what God can do. Well, that started, and uh, we, we were going through a time when we, I'd never spoke before the body here. And uh, I was in kids' church speaking, doing that once or twice uh, a, a Sunday. And I'll never forget, we was at Brahms on our way to a Wednesday night service, me and the wife, and Pastor Allen called and said, uh, J.P., could you speak uh, Wednesday night in two weeks? Oh, man, I'd never spoke before the body, and I was just, I didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say. I said, well, he's my spiritual father. If he's got faith in me, I guess I'll, I'll give it a shot. I said, yes, sir, I'll do it. So uh, my wife said, who's that? I said, that's Pastor Allen. What he want? I said, well, he wants me to speak next Wednesday night in a couple of weeks. And uh, she looked at me, had this kind of a quizzical look, and you said yes. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, yes. But, it, but anyway, it all worked out. You know, God, God used me. Well, then a couple of years later, he calls me up and, would you be willing to speak Sunday morning? Da, da, da. And here I go from just wanting to serve at the detention center till he's asking me to speak at, on a Sunday morning service. And it just goes to show that if, old, if, if God can take an old country boy like me with a limited education and limited abilities and let me be speaking this morning, that's just a testimony of what God can do. Amen? Isn't he good? Well, in saying that, we're going to talk about Moses this morning. And uh, we all know about Moses. Why, When God spoke to him, he, uh, he had left Egypt. He had, he had committed a crime. He had killed somebody. And uh, God had, had chose, said, I'm going to use you, Moses, to, to lead my children out of, the, uh, out of Egypt. And uh, in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 9, God said, And now the cry of the Israelites had reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But this is the first excuse Moses uses. Listen to what he said in verse 11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So often, we as Christians start limiting God right off the bat. Because we think that we're going to go out with our own power and abilities. This was God talking. 
You know, he said right after that, and God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship with God on this mountain. I will be with you. So many times, Satan uses things of our past to keep us from wanting to go forward. Because we start looking back at our past and saying, well, I can't do this, God, because, you know, I can't, I can't be a, a minister. I can't, I've been divorced. You know, I can, I'm not worthy to be it. Well, of course, none of us are worthy. You know, all our righteousness is nothing as filthy rags before God. It's the Lord Jesus Christ in us that makes us worthy. Nothing we've done. It's all about God. Well, then, Moses, God said, I'm going to do this. Well, then Moses said, number two, by what authority am I supposed to go? Verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Listen to what God said. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Verse 14, he said, God said to Moses, I am who I am. By what authority do I go? When you ask the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, the name that is above all names gives you the authority to go out in service. Your life is no longer your own. That voice of the Lord Jesus Christ has dominion over everything in the world. We just have to use it. And the key to that is, is that so many times we know about God. We know about Jesus. You know, we know that God made the world. We know that God made man breathe life into him and and we, he did all these miracles. We know all about God. But sometimes we lose fact of who God is, don't we? Not only did he breathe life, he is life. That, that there's, there's no beginning. There's no end. He always has and he always will be. He is all omnipotent. That's who gives us authority when you think about that. This little finite brain that we have has no capability of trying to, to, to discern infinity, which is what God is. That's why we have faith. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to allow us to go before God. That blood that was shed on the cross, that allows us into the, into the Father's house. That allows us to go and talk and speak. When God said, I am who I am, he was saying, I am the God that was, I am the God that is, and I am the God that is going to forever be. That, that's it. Just trust in God. Quit looking at our abilities and start putting your trust in God. Isn't that amazing what he can do? It is, it, my wife had to, she's the one that got me started. She started doing the jail ministry and celebrate recovery, and she said, well, you need to go up there and help. You know, and, and so you always go with just wanting to help. And then before you know it, God's using you. You know? That's the way God works. You take one step, and then he starts taking them for you. That's the way that works. Well, we figured out that uh, we've used the excuse of who I am and by what authority. And number three, 
is the what if start. Chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, What if they did not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? What am I going to do? Well, God said, he had that rod in his hand, that staff. He said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw the staff on the ground. What happened? Came a serpent. And what did Moses do? His first reaction? He ran from it. God told him, stop, stop, Moses. He told him, go over and pick that serpent up by the tail. Well, Moses' faith automatically got a little bit better because instead of running, he went back to go pick up the snake, the serpent. And as I said, me and snakes don't get along at all. If a snake's going this way, I'm going that way. I'm not going to bother him as long as he don't bother me. But I have seen some shows on TV and stuff, and if you're going to pick a snake up, you're supposed to pick it up by the back of the head, not by the tail. I don't even know if Moses thought about that, but he just did what God said, picked it up by the tail, and it became a staff again. Then God told him, take his hand, stick it inside his cloak, he brought it out, and it was leprosy all over it. Stuck it back in, brought it out, and it was clean. Normal hand was back. And in saying that, God used what was at hand. God takes the things of this world that might seem minute to us and can do miracles with it. Each and every one of you has a special calling from God. I don't know what it is. But if you start listening to God and start hearing his voice, he's got something special for each and every one of you here. And for Generations Church, we need you to be listening to God so that you can be all that you can be, so that this body can be all that we need it to be. Take, don't, don't, if, as I was talked earlier, if you took all my abilities of just plain old J.P. Grantham. I always like to say I graduated fourth in my high school class. Pretty impressive, wasn't it? Of course, there was only four of us in my class. So <laughs> if you look at it that way, it wasn't that impressive. So, <laughs> But it was the, there was four of us. I got limited. High, I graduated high school barely. Uh, I went to Bible school for three years and really didn't go there to learn about the Lord. But I went and... Uh, but whenever I start looking at, at the, the ministers and, and the people in this church, the abilities, we got our pastor here. He, he speaks, and he is just so awesome, so knowledgeable. Brother Greg, Marietta, when they speak, I'm, I'm just back in awe of them. Miss Laura Duncan, our child past children's pastor, like I said, when she spoke, that's the reason I come to church here. First time I heard her preach, I said, man, that's a mighty woman of God. I want to I go where they let women Speak the word of God. And uh, I, I mispronounced Brother James Neal's name earlier. I'm sorry, Brother James. I didn't mean to do that. But he is a wonderful preacher. And if I started trying to compare myself to them, I'd still be sitting right over there by my wife right now. You know, Miss Yvette, too. She's just a wonderful lady of God. And, and, and see, if we start looking in our own abilities and start looking at our liabilities, we'd never do nothing. You know that? We wouldn't, because that's Satan working, saying, you're not worthy. You don't have what it takes to do this. Don't let Satan do that to you. Just look up here and say, my goodness, if God can use J.P. Grantham like that, it looks amazing what he could do with me. You know, that's the way I want you to look at it. If he can take an old country boy like me and use me, just imagine what he could do with you.
That's the way I want to look at it. Uh, number four, he, uh, 410, he said, uh, Oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. How many times do we think, well, Lord, I just don't know how to talk to people? You know, the Lord's calling you maybe to, to, to go work up in the kids' church or speak in pre-K or uh, I, I don't know what it would be. And say, well, Lord, I'm just not a good speaker. I can't. I don't, I'm not eloquent. Well, y'all can tell by listening to me, eloquent has nothing to do with the way I speak. That, that's not it. God wants to use you and your own special talent to talk to people, to reach out to people. Don't, don't ever let the way that you talk or speak keep you from serving God. He's going to be the one speaking. It's not going to be you. It's going to be the Holy Spirit in you speaking what God wants you to say. That's it. You're just the mouthpiece. That's it. Number five. This one right here, if you go to uh, verse 13, he'd use the first four excuses of, of, of why he didn't need to be the one to lead the children out of Israel. And finally, in verse 13, in the NIV, it says, But Moses said, O Lord, Please send someone else to do it. He just came flat out and said it. I don't want to go. You need to send somebody else. And then, verse 14, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. He got upset, didn't he? How many times if you continually... Not listen to God, not listen to the call on your life of what he wants you to do. Your heavenly father loves you, but he's going to get mad at you. You know, as parents, when our kids continually disobey us, if we love our kids, what do we do? We discipline. And uh, my dad, boy, he used to discipline me with the belt of knowledge onto that seat of learning. Oh, man, he used to practice that on a regular basis. And, and According to my mom and them, sometimes it didn't work very good, but it, uh, it wasn't because he didn't try. And, uh, but they did that because they loved me. And if we continually disobey God, there is, there is a price to pay for that because God loves us. Eventually, he will get somebody else to do the job. And uh, I am so thankful that, that we go to a, a church here where people listen to God. This church here, Brother Greg and, and Pastor Allen and myself and the staff of this church, the volunteers here are just so amazing. It, th- this, this building would not be here today if it wasn't for volunteers. I, I'm going to expand a little bit on that in the fact that when we were building this church, uh, we, we got compressed from having a year to build this to get into it to six months, I believe it was. And so on uh, half a day on Saturday and, and, and Wednesday nights, instead of having our men's Bible study, we came up here and worked. And there were some friendships forged during that time of service that last me forever. There's Brother Ken, Brother Joe, Brother James, Greg, Brother Jeff, Pastor Allen. Uh, there were just so many men that, that, that came and helped and women that were cooking meals that would bring them up here for us. And uh, there's two men that were older gentlemen that were very involved in, in the building of this church, and that was Otis White. Uh, anybody knew Brother Otis? That was the 
mighty man of God, but he was a handful. But he had a, such a positive influence on my life. And uh, he's going to be with the Lord now. And Brother Jay Moore, he was, uh, I think he swept this church in, in the construction. He probably swept it 200 times. He'd kind of be hopping there and sweeping, and as soon as he'd sweep it, we'd make another mess. But through that, I got to know Brother Jay. They were both veterans. I painted a few new houses for, for Brother Otis and got to know him well. And Brother Jay, I got to visit with him, got to know him as a brother in the Lord, and uh, got to go fishing with him. And and all this was brought forth. I got these friendships and, and friends that I have and, and people that's influenced me through service. of coming up here volunteering and getting to know this church family. And that's what this is, is a family. And... uh there is so many opportunities to serve at, at, at this house. And, and I want you all to understand, real, I, this is not trying to put a guilt trip on you. This is a message of encouragement. We, for us to be the church that we need to be, we need for each and every one of you to be all that you can be for the Lord. For you to take that special talent that God has gave you and to use it. And uh, I, I just wrote some of these things down for... Uh, that you can get involved in, but but to be in service, it's going to take some dedication. It's it's not, you know, it just it just takes some time. And uh, if you want to be involved in the kids' church, the nursery, or pre-K, or working with our teenagers with Miss Yvette, uh, you, you you need to go through our membership class. You have to go do a background check, and and. And the reasoning for that is, is that we want to protect our kids because they are our most cherished product at this church. And uh, and and in the background check, we, we we none of us were perfect, as Pastor Allen has said. Don't worry about that. I mean, it's there's things that we overlook, but there's some things we can't overlook. But the biggest majority of it, we just want you to be here. But we want to protect our kids also. And there's a class that you need to take before you can work with our kids, where there's rules that we follow to protect our kids. Because believe it or not, Satan used church, churches in America, for uh, child molesters to prey on young kids. It's a, it's a shame that it happened, but it did. And so now we, we, we make it a priority to protect our kids. And so, yes, there's going to be, you have to, to spend some time and you have to uh, make a sacrifice to be able to work with our kids, but I look at it as is that you get to work with them. I get to this month, I get to do kids' church twice this month. I don't have to. I get to. I was, I was talking earlier. I've had the, being in kids' church has been the most positive influence in my life that I could ever imagine. I was sitting here looking at the Zegers here, their two kids, Cody and Cambria. I keep up with them. Those are like my kids. They're now parents. I had them in kids' church. I'm going to tell on Cody. He's the only kid I had to lead out of kids church and bring down to his parents down here all my years here he was the only one but uh he's a wonderful kid i love him and, and tanner's not here this morning he's had two beautiful but these you get to see kids grow up and become parents and realize that god has used you to be an influence in their life missy vet's been influenced in hundreds of teenagers in granbury texas and the ones that are there with her and helping her they're in that same influence our, our pre-K and nursery, you get to be a positive influence on the youth of this body. 
teaching them about the Lord Jesus Christ. But it takes some time. It takes some dedication. Uh, uh, one of the uh, services that we have here that kind of goes on under the radar is greeters. You know, we, we need greeters in this place, but the body. It's uh, Miss Debbie Ellis is the head of it. She's our uh, ladies pastor also. But uh, it, if you're coming to church anyway, and you remember this, you might as well start signing up, get here 30 minutes early, and meet the other people greeting, and you start to get to know people. And you start to become more of this family that we got going here. We want to get to know you. So if you're new here and you enjoyed here, we want you to get plugged in so we can get to know you. That's what's great about this. Uh, Brother Shape leads our praise team. He's heard me sing a couple, three times, and I'm sure he's pretty glad that I'm not part of the praise team. <laughs> but, man, if you, if you have the ability to sing and hold, hold a note and you enjoy singing... You need to come talk to Brother Shake and, and, and let us be blessed by your singing. We've had some new faces up here, and it's good to see, isn't it? But it takes some dedication. It takes practice. you got to make time for it, don't you, Brother Shake? They're here usually for both services. I've seen Miss Danny here. She's been here. She's getting to hear this message for the second time, you know. And, uh, but it takes dedication to be here. Uh there's another one that, that I want to talk about. This auditorium, when we built this and we had the chairs the way they are, it's easy to take apart and we can have our women's tees here where all the chairs are gone and there's tables all set up. And this usually happens on a Saturday. Well, well, after it's all said and done, somebody has to put this church back together. And it's done through volunteers. Uh, we come back. And as I said earlier, I know these two sections right here get put back the same way in that. But the rest of the chairs on these sides over here, I'm pretty sure they're never quite put back exactly the way they're supposed to be. But but we get it where it's serviceable. But in, in, in that fact, whenever we're putting this church back together, we get to fellowship together. We don't have to put this church back together. We get to put the things back together. You know, get to kid around with each other. We get to vacuum and... and Fellowship with each other. That's service work, getting to be part of this family. Uh, there, there's meals to be cooked. When there's Sometimes we'll have uh, memorial services here, and the family needs meals, and if you're good at cooking, you know, bring something up here. That's service work. God sees that. And uh, we appreciate it, and, and we get to, to serve other people and help them out. And uh, not just... This body, but there are so many service areas in the community of Granbury, Texas. Brother Allen, I didn't get to mention him this morning. He was here the first service. Every Saturday morning, he has this project usually helping somebody of limited means with the problems at their house, whether it be cabinetry or they need a ramp built. There's an opportunity to serve there to help somebody in need. Uh, when I was talking about the detention center on Tuesday nights, if you feel like God's wanting to call you into ministry, there's no better place to start than at the detention center. Those kids, are they have open hearts. Most of them have reached rock bottom. And they're looking for that opportunity for something to change their life. And I can't think of anything else they need more than the Lord Jesus Christ. He can change lives. The jail ministry on Thursday nights. If you feel like that you have a calling in your life to... Uh, 
to help men and women of the uh, in the detention center of uh, prisons. There's that opportunity. I, I did that for about three years, and and God used me there. And uh, but all of these services that you, whether it's Brazos River Pregnancy Center, whether it's detention center, whether it's jail ministry, you got to have dedication. You've got to spend some time to do it. I was talking earlier about when I'm cooking at home. I love to cook, and uh, I have my cutting board and all my spices and flowers and everything right here. But this this right front corner burner right here is the one that gets used the most. And whenever I'm making pasta, I'm making a special dish, the meat that I'm cooking, that I'm preparing, that I'm spending all the time on, is right there where I can keep an eye on it. And those dishes, the green beans that are warming up or the potatoes that are boiling, they're on that back burner over there because I don't have to worry about them that much. But this stuff here that's special that I don't want to burn, I want it to taste just right. I spend time with it. And, and my wife appreciates it. Her and my daughter, they do. And... uh but I was thinking about that the other day when I was getting ready to speak. And uh, how often do we put our job or school right there on that front burner, our families? And we got God back over there just kind of boiling over there, and we're stirring him every once in a while. We got him on that back burner. When it, whenever we really start reading the Bible and studying it, and as Pastor Allen says, then priorities, God's supposed to be number one. God is supposed to be right there on that front burner. Because if that's getting taken care of right there, the whole meal is going to be good. Is that not true? If God is first in our life, everything else is going to be fine. And uh, as, as I said, this, this was not meant to be to bring guilt on anybody here. This is meant to encourage you and thank you for all you... Oh, one other thing I got to do here, that sound booth back there. These guys go, they just go unnoticed. The other day when the electricity went out and everything quit working, we, I was just going to panic mode. I didn't know what was going to happen. My old brother Joseph, he was just so calm, cool, and collected. He came down there. Within about three minutes, he'd taken care of everything. And, and if you are, have computer knowledge and if you want to be a sound person, remember there's a place right there for you, right back there. But it takes time. They'll, they'll train you. They'll work with you. But you just can't go up there and just start doing it right away. you got to learn. you got to spend some time doing it. But that's a service that, that we couldn't, they volunteer, we couldn't do without. You guys, I thank you. They got me up here, hooked me up. I have no clue. They just say, press the button, you're good to go. And uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate all you do. Uh, like I said, I want to thank all the members of this body for all you do, for all your volunteer work. Uh, without without y'all here, this church wouldn't be here. The, the elders and the staff, we appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we just encourage you to be all you can be for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank y'all so much for your time. I appreciate it. much. Man, he's an encourager, isn't he? Wow. Lord, we pray for every person here.
that you would speak to our hearts, encouragement for those that are involved in service outside their normal routines of the life in their own home. And Lord, we pray for those that aren't, that you would speak to their hearts about getting involved, Lord. What can they do as part of the Granberry community and the Generations community to serve you in ways that are relevant? And Lord, we know that whatever they do, Lord, it's going to lead to other opportunities of service. Thank you, Lord, for using the people like you've used them and like you're going to use them. In Jesus' name. I'm reminded of Ken and Barbara Smith, this couple right here on the front row, 24 years ago, started hosting a prayer meeting on Friday night in their home. And we're here today as a result of that. Go right out of their home, Ken and Barbara Smith. We say our church started in a Ken and Barbie house. It did. Theirs. Can we stand? Thank you so much for coming to church today with one hour less sleep. <laughs> May the Lord bless you with a nap today if you're able to get it. May the Lord bless and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And may you open your eyes to opportunities to serve. And may you never be by yourself when you serve, but may you be part of a team. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you.